Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 42 of Renar Voice. My name is Robert Swatala, and I'm one of the hosts of Renar Voice. And with me is my co-host, my friend, my colleague, Jeff Mazone. How are you, Jeff? Good morning, Robert. Long time no see, bro. I know, man. We had to kind of we took summer off. The last episode was in June. Does it feel that long? Yeah, we took four months off. <laughs> so we caught a sabbatical. You had a baby though, so we have an excuse. Did have a baby? Congratulations. Yep. Congratulations, man. Thank you. That's, that's awesome. A little baby boy, right? To quote to quote the comedian Jim Gaffigan, we had our children at home just to make you feel uncomfortable. So it was our second home birth. That was fun. This one was intentional as opposed to the last one. Okay. Uh, so. Yeah, right. You delivered the last one pretty much, right? I mean, that's <clears throat> the purpose. I mean, if by delivered, you mean I'm screaming out the window trying to get the neighbor help, to come over. Help, yes, on the phone yeah, exactly. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Everything went fine. Everything was good. Baby, mama, everybody is healthy and doing You know, well. the, the best part of the whole experience, like, so, you know, we had the midwives here and, and Daniela was delivering in the bathroom, standing up, leaning against the sink and the midwife comes in and you know, the baby is drops and the midwife like slides like into home plate to catch the baby, you know, and my mother is standing there and the look on my mother's face, I'm telling you, bro, it was, why aren't we doing this in a hospital? <laughs> Just... Oh man. I, I, so you, you, I lost you there at the end, but I can only imagine. I yeah, can only imagine that experience. Yeah. I think, I think your audio cut out there. I was yeah, just, it did. It did. Yeah, just. It, it was beautiful and fun and and yeah we're here so that's awesome thanks for checking congratulations in. congratulations so so we we do we do have uh we're back at it right and we do have a special guest today and and, and i think it's applicable to where we are at in in our in our life right we're both now in the professional world and uh, i think the topic today is very relevant and i think it's going to be relevant for all of our listeners and maybe a topic that um I, we don't probably focus on it all to be honest with you sure. i don't know if i thought about this topic until you brought it up so uh, well, i'm excited you know. to yeah yeah right, right. that's usually <laughs> the way it works <laughs> so i'm excited about this topic but before we do that why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest for today and also maybe roll into the to, to get us going right with the first question sure so today we have dr lisa sawson uh she is the director of the phd in counselor education and supervision program and professor with the department of counselor education and family studies at liberty university uh, she has over 35 years of clinical and teaching experience in the field of counseling and clinical psychology dr sawson's clinical practice includes the assessment and treatment of children adults couples and families as well as teaching, supervising, public speaking, and consultation to clinicians in training, physicians, educators, organizations, and clergy. Dr. Sassen has developed a graduate curriculum and community programs covering diverse subjects, including qualitative research, family development and functioning, evidence-based practice, and clinical excellence, and has presented and published in a variety of areas, including psychotherapeutic process, emotional development, creativity and counseling, burnout, and ethics. Dr. Sassen's primary research interests include the integration of creativity, spirituality, and counseling, doctoral student persistence, qualitative research related to counseling practice, and emotion regulation. Dr. Sassen serves on the editorial board for the ACA's Flagstaff Journal, Counseling and Development, and the NRACE's editorial board for the Journal of Counselor Preparation and Supervision. 
Dr. Sasson has been happily married to her best friend, David, for 34 years and has two wonderful sons, Tim and Josh, one of whom I think just got married, and a delightful daughter-in-law, Hannah, which now I'm sure there's another daughter-in-law uh, that's not in the updated bio on Liberty's website. So anyway, good morning, Dr. Sasson. We are so blessed and honored to have you here with us today. I'm delighted. How did you know that Joshua got married? Well, I met with you a few weeks before, and you told me oh, that, oh, my I son's getting married. Know, or, you know, tooted my horn about that. <laughs> you were very excited and proud. I think it was yes. just the right amount. <laughs> That's right. I could relate to your mother, you know, what your mother felt when you were at home in the bathroom delivering your baby. Yeah. Yeah, sure. That's anyway, good. so as Robert mentioned, um, kind of a weighty topic and something that's been weighing on my heart a lot. Um, and, and I think as a lot of students come in, you know, 500, counseling 500, just like, how do we reconcile being Christians, being believers um, in the gospel and, 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 and what we believe about the human person in a culture that uh, at times and seemingly it's ramps up more and more has rejected or ignored or disagrees or, or peels away just so much of what is fundamental. And then as professionals, our role in professional associations, uh, relationships with colleagues. Um, so we've framed kind of today's conversation around where do we fit? What's okay? How do we reconcile conscience, morality, uh, witness, uh, the gospel, sharing uh, the light with the world? So just to start today's conversation, Dr. Sassen, just looking at this reality that some professional associations, we as students and as young professionals are encouraged to join, they explicitly promote political agendas or ideas about the human person and human life. They're so contrary to our faith and morals informed by biblical worldview and specifically, I mean, we'll just go for it regarding gender, sexuality, abortion. And it seems that they don't consider, and rather they bully, the positions of other professionals within the organizations and within the profession. Even ignoring the findings of research, like the negative mental health impact of abortion, or all the research coming out about the, the, the dangers of medical attempts to change gender. I mean, I think about the big clinic in England that's just shut down. So, Dr. Sassen, please, <laughs> how do we reconcile our own association with these organizations, organizations, excuse me, and what we endorse, even by our membership? I love that you're thinking about that. And... You know, as we're all together as an audience listening, and we're all believers, and we're all thinking about what we're called to in this vocation. How do we be Christian counselors? What does it mean to be a Christian counselor? And how do we... Um, interact in a world that is is slipping further and further away from reality and calling mental health um, labeling mental health as something that we know is 
psychotic, really. It's just bizarre and opposed to God's very being, opposed to everything in the Word of God. So what do we do as his ambassadors, as those who are called to be a sweet aroma to those who are perishing? Not everyone listening is called to get involved, first of all, in the secular arm of our vocation. And if you're not, then you're not. But you are called to be salt and light. And wherever you go is our secular world everywhere on the grocery line. out on the bus stop with your kids if they're going to public school, taking a run. Here's what the Lord said when he came and he unrolled the scroll. He said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. And he goes on, but he rolls up the scroll, and of course everybody's like, what is this lunatic going on about? Um, what does that mean? as Christian counselors, how do we allow him to do this if we're called into the secular aspect of our vocation? Well, you know, first of all, we're all called to best practices. You know, we're all called to glorify God by being the best clinical you know, workers, wherever, you know, whatever kind of, you know, counseling we're doing, whatever setting we're in, we glorify God by being exceptional at what we do. And we draw people to us, believers or not, or if you're in a Christian setting, remember that not everyone who is a believer is a believer, if you know what I mean, or growing or considering spiritual formation. So the question is, you are, you know, whether or not to be involved in the field, in the secular field, you are. If you're, if you're, if you're seeking to do the best work, then you're reading the journals. That you're collecting up the tools in your toolbox to make a difference in the lives of people who are perishing. And you are called to be incarnational, primarily. To sit and abide in Christ. Whatever you're doing, you are so close to the Spirit of God that you're listening and you are loving people. You are loving people. That's what he called us to do. And that love entails truth and grace. Now, I never intended to get involved with the field 
the way I did, but I I had to, you know, I was all of a sudden the director of a KCREP, moving toward KCREP accreditation so that our students could, you know, graduate from a KCREP accredited university and that, you know, the doctoral level, which I direct. And KCREP requires that, especially myself as a director, but any faculty member uh, is very involved in the field. You're presenting locally, statewide, nationally, you're publishing, you're uh, promoting uh, unity and diversity in the field. And what I want to you know, impart on the listeners as much as possible is if you're a Christian and you're abiding in Christ, you are going to make people thirsty. You are going to make people hungry. If you are incarnational and you are loving people, and we do that professionally, but in a real way. We're in a profession and there are boundaries to keep, but you're still attending and attuning and valuing people as eternal beings um, and seeing them as eternal beings. And you never know who you're interacting with and what God is doing when you're out there at a, an ACA conference or something. But let me stop there uh, and make sure, you know, that I'm staying focused, Jeff, you know, on answering your question. Because it was actually a very complex question with a lot in it, which is great because yeah. things are complex. But that's that's par for the course for Jeff. Just welcome, <laughs> yeah. welcome to the podcast. He introduced you to his world of questioning. So oh, congratulations. I love Good it. job, Jeff. Love Way to go. I do. I love it. But I feel like I don't want to just babble on. Nope. That's I want to stay focused. So maybe if you can ask a couple of specific questions. Yes. Yeah. So first of all, Dr. Sassen, I don't think babble on and your spirit, soul and body. I don't think those two are congruent at all. So you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> okay. Uh, they cannot coexist at the same time. Uh, I, yeah. So, of course, Robert calling me out at the experience of my explicitly long question, very complicated. There, I guess the question, there's a tension, Dr. Sassen, between even the, the moral cooperation of membership in an association that explicitly promotes ideas about the human person and sexuality and marriage and life that are in direct contradiction and opposition to very basic fundamental Christian ideas about those things. And so even morally, what is our level of cooperation by our association, even if we're paying money to be part of that organization? Now, right. you, know, you could follow that. Well, if you're Amazon Prime, then technically you're paying for Amazon's employees to cross state lines to get abortions. So I understand that like, if you follow that to a certain logical end, it's going to get messy. But you know, you're getting newsletters, your, your, your association that you are a member of and you advertise yourself as a member of is promoting something that is in direct contradiction to what we believe at a very that fundamental level. Right. Um, so just, yeah, just trying to reconcile that tension. That's right. First of all, as you walk 
in step with the Spirit. The Lord will give you clarity on what he's calling you to do. Just remember that if no one associated with you, because at some point, because, blah, 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 how would you know Jesus? My experience is, first of all, being somebody from Liberty, sometimes people will come to me at a conference and say, like, you're from Liberty? Like, and I know, I know what that means, in a sense. Like, you don't, you know, you don't have a Bible and you're not banging people on the head. In fact, you're very nice and I like you very much. And can I have your email? I'd like to do that other workshop you're doing. And it's, it's a form of relational discipling and getting uh, close to people who are different. And thank God that God did that or none, no one would ever believe, you know, at, think about the women at the well, you know, yeah, go get your husband. I know you don't have a husband. I know you've had five husbands and the man, you, you know, you're living with, you know, so you think about the same thing today, you know, I know you don't consider yourself female anymore. And you're thinking about a gender operation. But can I have a drink of water with your cup? But you're a Jew, and Jews don't associate. I know Messiah is coming. I who speak to you am he. Just right at that right moment. We do not have to be afraid of the culture because consider revelations. Wherever you step your foot, God owns. There isn't one location in the great universe of God that he is not with you. He says, do not be afraid. Do not fret, it only leads to evil. And it's not that everyone should be involved in the sec. It's not for everyone. It's like not everybody can give birth at home in the bathtub. It's just that's not right. for everybody. That's, that's, not for, that's not for me, Dr. Sauce. That's I can tell right. you that. No, 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 no. Nope. That's nope. fine. But if you're called, first of all, these people are funny. They're fun. They've got belly buttons like us. They worry about their children. They're... You know, hopefully you have friends that aren't believers because it's not a holy huddle. Our field is about emotional and mental health, relational health. We have so much to share. And sometimes, you know, you could get persecuted. You could, you really could. And you could be marginalized. And the conferences are, can be really distasteful aspects of them. And you don't have to go to every little thing. But when you're writing a newsletter or writing an article or presenting or serving on a committee, you form relationships. And people are perishing. And this is our vocation.
so well said. So well said. A couple things. I just got to point out. I love this saying. It might be my new favorite saying. You do not have to be afraid of the culture. I think so much of what we do is we're afraid. We're afraid. We don't want to engage with it. We don't want to be that light. We don't want to be a salt. We don't want to engage with that. The woman at the well, because it's different or whatever, whatever the reason is. Right. And, and I know there's many instances where I think I, I shy away that I'm afraid of the culture. And the other thing I wanted to, to say, kind of leading into the question, you said the word be a lot. And I picked out on that. Um, and I think that's so much of what you were saying. It's more about being, it's more about being the light of Jesus It's more about being what we're called to do less than maybe where it is, where that location or where we're led to be at. And I guess, how do you navigate some of those practical ways of kind of holding on to your own faith, your own belief, while you're operating in those those worlds, those secular worlds, which can be very demeaning or, um, I don't know, put down or, or feel less or whatever it may be? How do you navigate and hold on to that own belief system while still operating in that world where you kind of have to as part of your profession for the reasons you just mentioned, right? Um, because it's it's a calling, it's part of, of, of your job or whatever necessitates you to go into those arenas. How do you hold on to that core beliefs while still kind of not caving to some, maybe some of those pressures? It's not easy. Hmm. You know, he said... In Hebrews, we have this hope as an anchor. And I pause there. We have this hope. What hope? What hope do we have as believers? We, we died. And our life is now hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ appears, we will be like him in glory. People don't know that, you know, like that that's available. And I'm not talking about sitting around in a circle and pulling out your Bible and being John the Baptist, unless God is saying, hey, you know, then you got to listen to that. But people are starving to be seen, to be loved, to be known, to be heard. People have to narrate their stories. People who are, for instance, confused about their identity, whether it's their gender, their cultural identity. Um, we are in a culture that robs people of true identity. And so when we sit with people and we listen and we're not afraid, we're not afraid, then the spirit, you know, the living water, Christ in me, the hope of glory. And people wonder. And man, some really crazy things will happen. I mean, you have to be prepared because you're entering a spiritual battle. You're entering a place. If you're at an ACA conference, American Counseling Association, 
conference, all the divisions, all the local, you're entering a place where in general, um, the culture is reigning and it's not really. Uh, and you're going into something, it's sort of like a landmine. You have to be a little careful. You can't like go out there without your armor on. But you'll be surprised at how many believers are involved. And you start to, and then maybe you're praying. And maybe, you know, you're so kind and loving and service-oriented People wonder, and somebody might say, why always be ready to give an answer? And, and Doc, isn't it, isn't it important, too, that, that we are there? I mean, isn't that part that, I mean, if we're not there, then then they completely, you know, there there is no you know, sense of reality. But isn't it the fact that we are there, we are present, we are speaking, and, and even if we're not speaking, but, but, but we're, we're exemplifying our beliefs through our character, through through being, essentially, isn't it important that we are there, that we resist that temptation to leave? Because if we're not there, then we don't even have a seat at the table. That's right. If everybody was like, and you know, this is an issue. In the church, you know, I I, I do know. <laughs> if I've been Robert's like you're deep in thought. I'm like yeah because no, I'm noticing that too. <laughs> yeah, I had I had to write him because I'm like you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna fall off the chair or something. Yeah. There, you're so you're so deep in thought. So, Doctor Sassen, um, we moved from New York to Virginia because I wanted to be closer to Liberty. And um, for whatever reason. And so now we're in Fredericksburg, which is still far, but it's not New York. And um, and you're from New York, so just anyway. Um, it, you know that I'm, I'm Catholic and obnoxiously so, uh, as I'd like to say to Robert. And my first day on campus in 505, um, Dr. Myers was our professor and he was excellent. And... A student had gotten up and um, I, when I was there, I was very scared because it's my first time on campus. I don't know what to expect. And in my mind, it's like this, you know, Liberty, Evangelical, non-denominational, Southern Baptist roots. Like I'm going to be public enemy number one. I worship Mary, which I don't, um, but that's what people are going to think. And all the other things that, you know, I'm going to hell or whatever that the range of Christians may think about me. And we have a saying that, that people don't hate the Catholic church. They hate what they think the Catholic church is about. And, um, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I was just prepared for that. And I was, my threat level was up. And in class, um, we were talking about the emotions, of course. And um, I was agreeing, I think, with what someone was saying. And when I was responding to her in class, you know, 50 of us in there. And I said, oh, by the way, that was Ephesians 4.26 that you were quoting, just in case anyone here thinks that Catholics don't read the Bible. And there was this audible, ooh, in the class. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just said that. And at the break, I went to Dr. Myers and I was like, Doc, I'm, I'm just, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so sorry. And he's like, Jeff, you are not, Liberty, this is not what you think. Like, you are welcome here. 
Like we want you here. It's not what you think. Like we, there's plenty of Catholics here. Like it's not what you think. And I apologized to the class and I apologized to that student. And then when I was back for 512, like just hearing you speak, I'm like, I wasn't afraid anymore. And the experiences that I had on campus with other students talking about my faith, their faith, just like, I will never forget those experiences. To the point where at least once a month, a Catholic calls me saying, hey, I want to become a counselor. What was your experience like at Liberty? And I would say 90% of the time they end up going to Liberty. And so I realized like just in, in your talking, like there's no room for fear if there's love, right? Perfect love casts out fear. And like, that was my, ex my transformational experience being at Liberty. Like it's just the encounter of love that just, it's taken away the fear that I'm, that I'm not afraid. Uh, and that opened the doors to just beautiful relationships, not only during intensives, but with Robert, with Dr. Kirk, with Dr. Imhoff, with Dr. Ostrander, with you, with every guest that we have. And it's because like, because the fear is gone, right? But in my dichotomous fear, cognitive dissonance, whatever we want to call it before, it's just like, I was so closed off. Why? Because I was so threatened by something that wasn't even real. And so I'm thinking about that in the context of your conversation, especially with how I entered this conversation, like very kind of black and white in some ways. And just seeing how like, we're at the end of the day, we're judged by love. So that's what I'm thinking about. Mm, yeah, <laughs> that's right. You belong. And I say that in the context because you had talked about this is also going on in the church. And that's what that's led me right. into that, you know, I like know. the body of Christ, right? There, there is division. Uh, and it's been my experience of love that has created so much unity. That's right. That's right. So, Dr. Sosen, sorry, I did it. I did it. See? There you go, Jeff. Do you feel vindicated? I, I messed up a name. <laughs> you, know? you can call me Dr. Sosen. You can call Doctor, me Lisa. Doctor, Doctor so, so where do we go from here? Like, mm -hmm. this is a battle, right? You, know, you mentioned earlier, society is pulling away from um, scripture, right? And, and, and we'll say Christian values, Christian beliefs. Um, where do we go? Because it is a fight. It is a battle. We need to be at the table. We need to continue to to reinforce this because I believe that that is the the true source of counseling because it comes from God, right? But how, how do how do how do we continue this rather than just crawling under the rock and saying, "Well, you know, we just don't have a fight anymore. We're gonna we're, we're gonna lose this battle," or just don't do this? Like, what do we do? What are practical things we can do as as young professionals just entering into this world? And that's the majority of our audience. What can we we do as the future generation of counselors to continue to fight this fight if you want to call it a fight but continue to to be the salt and the light i guess yeah to press in to press in as he calls that's all you have to do you see you don't have to do anything you have to be someone and as you abide in him you will be led. I suggest if you're not a member of ACA, um, it, is the, it is the profession of our profession. 
And of course, there's CAPS, I love CAPS, which is the Christian Association of Psychological Studies, and there's the AACC. There's lots of ways to get involved. If you feel called to be a missionary, in a sense, to make disciples of all nations, and it's ugly and it's sloppy, it wasn't easy for missionaries to go to all kinds of places. Thank God they went to my neighborhood one day, my little Jewish soul. Find something you love to do that's small. There's so many ways to be involved. It's almost preposterous. You know, it's like, remember that little song that kid, this little light of mine, I'm gonna, you know, you find you're a child. We are children of God, holy and dearly loved. Nothing can rip us out of God's hands. No weapon formed against us can stand. We will not die a day earlier than our appointed day. And so have fun. Be you. What do you like? What do you want to do? And then play. Play and love and listen and be nothing. Be nothing. That's right. Because that's what Jesus did. He didn't think equality with God was something to be grasped. But he made himself nothing. Even a servant. Oh God, have mercy on us. You're the king of kings and you loved that much. We want to be part of what you're doing in our vocation. Small or great, you give us the chance to play. We're on the beach, in a sense, the big, beautiful sky is blue. Your face is shining on us. Your face is shining on us. You just want us to be human beings, not human doings. People who know you, who know you, and people who know you, Lord, and abide in you in truth, are so happy, are so happy that people want to know why. Why when you're suffering? Why when you lost your child? And it's not a giddy, I don't have feelings. It's a, this world really is hard. And soon I'm going home. That's why. Talking to you is like a prayer. He's so good to let us hang out with him, isn't he? Mm -hmm. Dr. Sasson, when I met with you a few weeks ago, just the two of us, um, 
I texted Dr. Kirk afterward and because that was really my first encounter with you apart from when we met briefly at 505 and I had you sign your textbook because I'm a big nerd. Uh, <laughs> you know, he, he's um, like that, Dr. Sauce. I think he has like 12 like textbooks signed by professors. You know, that's, oh. it's like, you know, like fanboy over there. It's great. I'm the guy that wears the T-shirt to the concert, you know. Um, I, I texted Dr. Kirk. I'm like, I think she read my soul. Oh. <laughs> and Dr. Kirk's like, yeah, that sounds about right. And it was really an encounter with the Lord because Dr. Sassen is as skilled and talented and as gifted as you are and your ability to probably look right through me. Um, you did not look upon me with criticism or judgment, um, but with just tender mercy and love. And it was a real encounter of how God looks at us, right? I mean, his op- omniscience, right? He sees everything that's wrong with us and yet he overlooks that in love like a parent would over his child and that was very much my experience mm. meeting you <laughs> so just to share that with that was you him. yeah no exactly right but it, it like i i stuck with that for weeks oh good and it, and it led like my prayer with my clients like just yes because our clients true. come and they're just oh i'm this that all the things that are wrong with me and and like no one that loves you sees you that way no, no one who loves you sees you that way. Yeah. So, that being said, um, yes. just as we kind of pivot toward wrapping up today, Robert and I wanted to kind of get into something very tangible um, mm-hmm. and just talking about even, for example, like the National Board certification process. I just did a, an ethics training for residency requirements in Virginia, six hours through PESI. And the presenter was like, listen, the licensing board is in charge of your license, but all the associations that you pay to join, they're just, they're businesses and they're making money off of you. And they're not enabling you to practice. Now there's benefits to joining these associations, but ultimately they are businesses and you are the customer. So that being said, Robert and I, between the four supervisors that we've had in our training, each one of them have discouraged us, and some of them have said, you're wasting your money uh, in getting the NBCC. Under the context of like, counselors love to get initials after the name. Counselors love to have organizations to make money. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, it doesn't mean anything to the general public, right? Especially mm-hmm. in the relationship. This is what they're telling us. And then mm-hmm. at Liberty and at every other KCAP accredited program, rightly so, there's a lot of encouragement to get the MBCC and to join the professional organizations. And but before you know it, how many hundreds of dollars are you spending in a year? Right. So there's just all these kind of very tangible factors. <laughs> right. Like, What's the use of this? How do we reconcile? There is a lot of encouragement to get the MCC, which I don't have, Robert doesn't have, my supervisor doesn't have it, his supervisor doesn't have it. So like, yeah, can you help us navigate that? Sure. Are you planning at some time to move more into leadership in the field? Or is your heart's desire to mainly practice, maybe supervise? I'll defer to Robert for that first. Uh, I would say ultimate goal is to, uh, for me, leadership to own my private firm. That's that's my goal. Leadership to own your private firm. Okay, good. But not necessarily. um, Not an organizational leadership or not a, a, no, no, no. And not that you want to teach or something at some point. No, no, that's on the cards for me. Good. Jeff, what about you? 
despite my self-will, I probably would pursue, yeah, a PhD in, in teaching, perhaps. Come to my program. I, I know. You would love it. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, Thank you. Yeah. You know, I'm going to answer that. That's a long pause for, you know, when we're on the air. We're on the air. Don't pause so long. Silence is good. (laughs) It's more complex than you think. Mm -hmm. You just, just, uh, I don't mean to make light of it. I want to encourage you to sit, to sit and get still and pour your heart out to God and ask him for wisdom. And he will generously give it to you because you're the apple of his eye and his delight. And he longs to give you what you need. And only he knows if it's where he's leading you. And where he's leading you, the good news is you will follow. You will. Because he's a good shepherd. If you were, you know... If you're going to go into a DAC program and you want to teach at a KCREP accredited school one day, uh, even if you don't have that particular credential, you still can. It's, it's, it, there's so many of us, for instance, I don't have it. And look at me, I'm directing, a, I'm a dustbeck directing, a, and it's because my master's was in clinical psych about a million years ago, and I'm not kidding. Um, and then I got my doctorate in professional uh, counseling before, you know, KCREP even was really known. And then when I went back to say, you know, should I get this? And I explored it. I would have had to go back and take a couple of master's classes <laughs> because it's been so long. And I was like, so I actually wrote the board and I explain where I am, and and I said to them, please tell me what the value of this is. And they said, you have so much, you do not need this. They themselves said to me, you have so much, you're already, you know, doing you in the field. So I just suggest the one person I can, she said, just don't worry about it. And I was like, okay. You never have to worry about anything. Really, do we? But if you're hungering and thirsting for something, you just want to get with God. We do. Lord, we just want to get with you and say, is this my flesh or the world or Satan or you? And he will clarify. Or you'll just find yourself doing it. So it's more of an individualistic thing. Absolutely. Your license, you should definitely get. That's the real. Right. <laughs> yeah. But even, even Dr. Sassen, like the money part, I mean, it can add up. Oh, it sure can. It can add up. And, you know, I appreciated your question, the moral issue of being involved, um, you know, and what it means and that's something you can sort out with the lord because what it means to someone else that you're doing that is not what it means to you 
It's not what it means in your heart if you're doing it as a missionary. I hear in that and that it's just so true to our faith and, and our morality. It's like conscience is really supreme, right? Especially if you have a properly formed conscience, like at the end of the day, there are these objective things, but it, it, it does come down to the subjective experience of one's conscience and not violating that because that's a sanctuary. I can't begin to tell you how much I appreciate hearing that from you. <laughs> yeah, no, you're free. You're free. But I also hear, and you mentioned even the flesh part too, right? Like it takes, it, it, it requires a work and an effort to discern and to be intentional and also to surrender, Lord, what do you want? Right? Like I didn't want to come to Liberty. I wanted to go to the safe Catholic Northern Virginia where everyone's Catholic and we're all in a little bubble and siloing and echo chambering and everything else. And mm -hmm. I would not be the professional that I am today had I gone there. That's right. I mean, he called you here and you followed because his sheep hear his voice. And you did. Thank you, Father, that we do need, don't even have to, like, worry. Because you are a good shepherd and we're sealed in you. Yeah, so well said. So well said. Yeah, I think about it. And as we wrap up here, um, I think about the, the divine appointments that we've all had, right? Jeff, you, you came in Liberty kicking, screaming. I did the same, right? It was, uh, there was no way an engineer could be a counselor. You know, we, we've all, we've all <laughs> had these, these things that have brought us here. And I think the cool part is number one, the obedience, the ability to walk through the door and say, yes, even if we go kicking, screaming, but the reward, the fruit, we're here to together today to experience mm -hmm. this time together because of that. And that's a joy. That's a gift. And I think that's, that's going to drive me forward is just having that trust and faith and not being afraid of the world because he's right. already overcome. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. I think it's a great discipline to like, see things as they are in eternity. You know, the whole earth is filled with your glory, Lord. Everything is made new. Everything is made new. And we're part of, for the second we're here on this fallen, crazy earth, we have a part to play in in renewing in in joining you and it seems to me father and it it does to these young men of yours too that there's something about our field lord that it it just it seems so after your own heart to seek and save those who are lost, parts of people's souls that they're cut off from, people who are so anxious, so frightened, feeling so unworthy. Shame is such an epidemic, fear and anxiety. And here we are. We could sit with people and be like so not, not like that. 
even though we're human and, and we're all, we are shame-filled and we are anxious, but when you anoint us for a, a vocational moment, then you do your work and your work is always effective. Well said. Well said. And I think we close with that, Jeff. What do you think? Sounds good to me. Dr. Sawson, thank you so much for being here. We, we really appreciate it. Thanks for all the wisdom. Thanks for just uh, the thoughts on helping us guide our career, hopefully our listeners as well. Uh, I think the biggest thing is to be, to be and, and let the Lord direct our path. So thank you for that wisdom. Thank you for just your spirit, your love on us. And, and just, uh, just wish you all the best. Um, Jeff, we, we we are winding down not just not just in the year in the calendar year but um we are winding down in, in time as our hosts as hosts of Reen our voice and so this is going to be our last final uh guest episode for our listeners but we are going to do one more bonus episode which is me and you as kind of a thank you uh just to kind of wrap up our time as as hosts of Reen our voice and to, to to thank our listeners for their support and um and just say goodbye i think so stay tuned listeners for that but this will be our last guest episode so dr sauce thank you for making it our last episode go out with a bang we appreciate it thank you for your time jeff thank you as always and to all all of our listeners Thank you and God bless.